another episode of the Big Bear, episode 39. Your Bruins are 34, 12, and 14, having gone 1-0-3 since we last spoke. Lots to get into, obviously, when you're stuck in the mud, uh, including, we're going to talk goalie tandem, pasta, Jake, I know, I'm sorry, Lowry, and a more. I'm going to check in on a fandom take from Twitter. I've got my high take and haiku, I've got a couple cues to A, and I'm going to talk out a bit of OT and loser points. Let's go. I'm Jay Pike. The Big Bear is presented in partnership with the Cyclone Sports Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter at my underscore Bruins and the pod itself at the Big Bear Pod. Always love to hear what you're feeling and thinking so we can talk it out. And if you'd be so kind as to rate, review, follow, subscribe, like, and love, do all those things wherever you get your pods. All right, kick off. Uh, I got to kick off the quick hits with that Oilers game. I mean, it's the only win in this 1-0-3 uh, Western trip that we just got back from. So, um, I mean, that game was a ton of fun. You know, I know blowing a 4-1 to lead isn't ideal, right? It's not good, but that shit does happen. Three goal leads are safer than two goal leads in the NHL right now, but not by a lot. Not like it used to be. Three isn't a lock, right? The Oilers can score in bunches. Being up three on... Even the Maple Leafs, right? But what I liked is that we kind of, like, like we showed that we can and we will hang with any team in the league. Again, that's why you get into the playoffs. Who knows what can happen? There's no team we can't beat. Can we play that consistently? That becomes kind of, you know, the big thing. Uh, I thought the energy and the, and the guys were up for this game. I know the energy has kind of been lacking a bit, but I thought, you know, for the Oilers game, uh, I thought there was good energy. I thought Pasta was on it. Uh, when he scored, I loved it. When he scored and he put its back up 5-4, I think it was like five minutes after the Oilers had tied the game. He was so pumped. You could see it, but he was all fucking business. He skated straight and quick to the bench to get on those high fives and be like, let's get fucking going. He didn't, you know, wait, hug the line mates, tap them all on the head and yeah, he was in it to win it, and I like that. Winning matters to Pasta. I think, again, we're going to talk more Pasta in a little bit, but I don't know. I feel people don't take Pasta as seriously as they should. Um, the Oilers, of course, were my, um, I guess they remain my Stanley Cup pick this year, but man, fucking Corey Perry being on that team is going to make it hard to cheer for. I could get over Evander Kane, I guess. But Corey Perry, it's a whole other level of little shithead so i don't know that that'll that'll be uh interesting for me i'll deal with that uh if the time comes i guess it was good uh also to see jake finally get uh on the score sheet he had a goal and an assist in that edmonton w um my plan was to leave it at that for jake because of course last episode uh if you listened to episode 38 i said i was going to try and take a step back from Jake for a couple of weeks. Um, but someone had a Jake Q for me. So more Jake to come. If you personally are tired of Jake talk, just go spam Steve McEachern's Twitter because it's all his fault anyway. I thought the Flames game was actually a decent effort. Uh, I thought Coyle, you know, he kind of had a really great game. Two goals. Um, he put some 20 on the season. I think he might be at 21. Oh, yeah, I think he is 21, 22 now. Uh, putting him... Yeah, past his uh, personal best, which he did uh, when he was in Minnesota. So he's already surpassed his uh, best season as a Bruin. But, you know, he had been a, a, kind of cold, a little quiet. So it was nice to see uh, him get on there. Man, I hate Kadri. There's not, I don't know if there's, like, he's one of those guys, I think, even in a Bruins uniform, I'd be like, all right, well, you're on the team. But I don't know, like, I don't know. I think I'd have a hard time with that one. But, um, and I, I spent a bunch of that game kind of watching, uh, and, and I didn't see, I mean, I saw the uh, Vancouver game be live because that was the, the actually, you know, one that started at a normal time for us on the East Coast. All the other games kind of had to, you know, see the highlights and then uh, watch what I could of them on the replays. And uh, But I did watch a whole ton of the Calgary game because I wanted to watch Noah Hannafin a bit too, right? Like... There's this obsession on Twitter about Noah Hannafin and bringing him uh, to Boston at this deadline. Some people really into it. Some people maybe a little too into it. But hey, I guess you got to do what you got to do. Um, you know, I just, I don't even understand. 
how we would do it like what are we packaging together to get Noah Hannafin uh if he's as good as so many people seem to think he is um you know because to me in that game he didn't really make an impact defensively like not not really much at all and I feel like right now when we're giving up six five leads and things like that you know defense we're not giving up so we're not giving up six five leads we're winning six to five but we are giving up lots of one and two goal leads late in games so uh there i fixed it is that better it's really not better but what we need is actual defense like i i know you know i'm not saying hannafin is bad and that i wouldn't want him on the team i'm saying i don't i didn't see in that game what he would bring that is necessarily supposed to be a huge uh benefit for us i don't know it's uh you know i just feel like like let's wait till the off season because like i think hannafin's kind of made it he's you know from the massachusetts area he's made it kind of clear he wants to come out east all the signs kind of point to boston but the florida teams i guess are you know in uh in demand for him as well i i don't know i guess we're gonna have to wait and see but and you can get outbid i mean who fucking knows what some teams are willing to pay you know you can always get outbid as well but if you can take your shot at them without having to give up assets, that seems like the smarter way to do it. When is he going to put us over any hump in these playoffs that are coming? I really don't think so, right? Like Noah Hannafin is not the secret key. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's like half of the key, like like the Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. But then you got to figure out who's the other key, and then you got to figure out how to scissor them together so we're gonna move on from that um i love the canucks game was a really good game for 40 minutes right vancouver's actually an excellent team like you know hate them as i do that's fine that's a very good fucking team and i loved how we played them through 40 you know i I don't think they're not a team i know we beat them for nothing earlier in the year um but i think that was them in a bit of a slump time that wasn't them at their best this was a little more of them at their best um and obviously you know we can hang with them as we can hang with uh, Edmonton and anyone else uh Boakfist and Heining uh got the goals that put us up to nothing that we uh had that lead going into the uh third period fourth line uh really good game again man um I didn't think it was talked about much but I thought Demko was a big difference maker in this game like we had a number of high danger chances in the third period even while playing like absolute horseshit we had some very good opportunities pasta had some good looks like demko made some big time saves and not just in the third but like we could have been up easily for nothing i think at one point after a few of the saves he made so you know i don't know it didn't seem like it was talked about but uh he seemed to play a hell of a game uh, you know whatever overtime whatever but you know taking a too many men penalty and ot is just inexcusable i mean think about how easy it is for the refs to see like that, that was brutal and then yeah, you know, everyone jumped on uh jake a bit but i mean jake needs to be more aware there's no letting him off the hook but he's on that hook with marchand like marchand's got to be hustling more there you can't glide to the fucking bench in that moment right uh anyway so that's you know kind of important guys making big mistakes you don't ever want to see that uh another good game from brezzy i like that guy richard too he did you know i'm not sure about this whole first line kind of time that he got uh in the seattle game but i kind of like him he's bringing some energy uh seattle game as i say that was mostly a pretty uninspired performance race uh pasta just kind of willed us to a point i think more than anything we didn't really deserve a lot coming out of that game but pasta just doing pasta things and he you know i want to say he got a hat trick he was robbed of his hat trick by you know the hair on coil's stick so uh i don't know why but i'm kind of bitter about that um but anyway so he ends with two goals and an assist all of our points of course you know he was filthy the the breakaway goal first of all the pass was fucking stunning but like he comes in and going off speed like that over the goalkeeper's glove was it uh no it wasn't the uh grubauer uh was just a thing of beauty and 
But when I saw the, I was watching the highlight a couple times and it occurred to me and I, so I tweeted it. I said something to the effect of that had passed and not scored on that breakaway, assuming the exact same attempt, let's say Grubauer stops it. There would be, there would have been a very reactionary portion of the fan base that would have been screaming about past to being lazy. He's not lazy. He's just that good, right? When you're that good, you, things are easy to you. They actually end up looking easy sometimes. And, you know, it doesn't mean that his style isn't going to, like, it's not going to work every single time, right? But, you know, he knows what he's doing. He knows, you know, when to rip it, when to do, you know, do what people call the lazy stuff, you know, when he goes a little off speed and that. Like, he knows what he's doing. Anyway, relax about pasta, please, fucking God. Uh, And actually, right before... um, I was just about ready to uh, hop on and record. I actually checked uh, my Twitter and uh, Bernie Bear at Boston underscore Bernie uh, had tweeted me and replied to uh, my tweet about pasta and not being lazy. And Bernie uh, said, I think he is talented. I just do not like his overtime shootout style. It's slow and the goalies see it coming every time. Totally fair. Right. Bernie's, uh, I replied to Bernie and I said, like, that's, uh, that's a perfectly good opinion, right? I'm not sure I don't agree with it. It doesn't mean nothing in there, nothing in that answer or question or his answer says anything about past to being lazy. Not one word of it, not a hint of it. It's not in the subtext. It's not between the lines. It's not about lazy. It's, you know, a style he's adapted. And when it works, it looks fucking cool. When it doesn't, you know, it's, it is what it is. Uh, but his shootout percentage is below 25%, I think. Like, he's not great at the shootouts. So, uh, Bernie, like, yeah, it might be time for Pasta to mix it up a little bit and maybe get up a little closer to 40% like a lot of the uh, other big scorers are. Zach has been uh, pretty quiet. It's been he had like a minus two. He's had two points in the last couple of games. I don't did he score? I don't know if he was on the score sheet uh, score sheet in Seattle, uh, but before that, anyway, he had two points in his last eight. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't worry about him. I'd love to get more out of him. I guess is just kind of how it feels. It's like I like your game. I like having you on the team. I'd love to be getting a little more out of you. Uh, a lot of talk, obviously, right now about the Bruins' power play. I just went back and I wanted to take a peek at uh, the last few years and kind of where the power play had been. And actually, in the last uh, over the last like five years, the Bruins have put up some of the their like their the franchise's best ever power play numbers. And you know, we might have one or two players in particular to thank for those kinds of numbers because winning face-offs when you have power play opportunities is pretty important. So again, bridge year, right? We are feeling the effects of losing Bergeron. We are feeling the effects of losing Krejci. Not every night. There are nights where you're like, yeah, see, we can do it. And then there's other nights where you're like, yeah, see, this is, this is the little hole in our team right now. So, uh, someone's got to fill that hole. So, um, if, uh, Rob, you're listening, my God, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, that's all I had on the power play. Fucking hell. I don't know what to do with it. Score more. I don't know what to tell you. I think they just got to shoot more there. That's my opinion. Shoot the fucking puck. And I got to talk about the goalies for a little bit. Cause like neither of them is playing like a game changer right now. Like, when I've often said, like, we can roll out a goalie who can steal a game every single night with this goalie rotation. It's like, we we do, but they haven't been. And with the playoffs coming, it's kind of like, all right, we need the goalies to start locking in. Or we need maybe someone to start really, at least one of them really locking in. Like, because... Um, I agree with Ace and Burge over on the Two Pad Stack podcast. What they said was, if one of them gets a win where they were a game changer in that game, you go back to that guy the next game. Like, right away, if a guy starts winning, ride him a bit, right? If he wins that second game, boom, put him in again. Right, it's time to get, I think, serious about it. And 
it doesn't mean the playoffs won't see a rotation. I fully 100% believe the playoffs will see a uh, goalie rotation. But, like, it doesn't have to be one for one. I don't think... I don't know. It's starting to feel like that's not where we're headed. And if we have a goalie rotation, then for the playoffs, you're looking at maybe one out of every three games or one out of every four. So your 1A is playing either two games or three games in a row. And so what I'm thinking is that, like, if Swayman is accustomed to regular rest, which his entire career in in the pro, or is, I guess I can't speak for anything he did in Providence, everything Swayman's done up with their big Bs has been as part of a rotation. He's never been a guy that you, you rode for any length of time. And that's not a, because he couldn't do it. It's not because he's not good enough. It's just he hasn't. We've had kind of, you know, a, a just shit ton of great goalies around. And it's kind of what the Bruins do. And so he's got into this rotation with his best friend. So if he's accustomed to that rest, circle back, Jason, get there. If he's accustomed to that rest, if he's the guy that gets hot and he becomes the 1A and he's getting the majority of the starts, I still want him getting the rest he's accustomed to throughout the playoffs. So I still see a rotation, but I see it more of every third game or every fourth game. And some of that, there's a lot, I think, uh, that goes into these. Like, one thing, I it's like, I don't know if I've heard anybody talk about how situational the goalie tandem could be as well I don't know if we talk about that as much like there's a big difference between like if you're up 2-1 to one or you're up 3-0 going to goalie 1B for game 4 that's a pretty easy call I would say but who knows what's going on in those series if you're up 2 nothing, do you want to go and do the swap for game 3 because then at worst you're, you're you know 1A is coming back in when you're up 2-1 to one. what if we're down 0-2 do you swap for game three? Because are you going to swap for game four? I don't think a lot of goalies would like that. You think about like like Olmark being out and Swayman being thrown into game seven. It's not exactly that, but it's pretty fucking close. So I don't know that you're going to do that. So if you go down 0-2, does that mean automatically we got to do a swap? I don't know. What about 2-2? What if you let you know 1A play four games? Now what? Right? There's a lot to consider when you're talking about uh, the rotation. But I think keeping it at one of every three or one of every four games, kind of the safest way to go. Because I think, like, you know, getting into those, you know, you played them for four games and the series is tied. That That's not the time to switch your goalie. So, I don't know. Uh, we're going to have to see. But, I, I don't know. Things won't be that simple. And I think that might actually uh, be a good thing. Just a couple of uh, non-Bruins quick hits. Uh, wanted to talk about this Rempe guy. I think it's Rempe. There's no ex- accent on the E, so I assume it's not Rempe. Um, coming in, you know, and he's got three fights in three games. He's throwing his body around. He's scored. Um, and he's kind of caused quite a stir on Twitter now. Hockey Twitter, because it's... <laughs> Yes, you, the first game, he, he's in the fight, he's a rookie, he's gored, like, it's it's the energy, and you're into it, and then he fights the next game, and then he fights again the next game, and in, the, in that game, Olivier kicks his fucking ass. He got beat. CTE is very fucking serious. So, this is a kid, I think... Rempe is 21, I want to say. Um, no more than 22, but I think he's 21. Like, your brain isn't even fully developed yet. You, only so many fucking bare fists to your head that you want to take. Like, it's just not... I don't know. Like, I love the once in a while, but, like, you can't be fighting every night. You know, it's not 1982. It's not 1983. It's not any of those years back there. It's not good, man. And he's going to really get fucked up. And if you get fucked up early in your career, it's often hard to have the rest of the career. And I'm sure he would uh, like to do that. Plus, of course, with, again, everything we know about CTE and what it can lead to, you want to stay the fuck away from that. So uh, I love the physicalness. I love the physicality. Uh, I love other physical things. So I just, you know, I, I worry about 
every player. I mean, you put them in a Leafs uniform, I wouldn't give a fuck, but, you know, elsewhere. Yeah, like, I'm like, no, I don't want to see the kid all dummied. No. And one other little thing. Um, there was a, a little tweet that just went around. One other, I, I don't know, uh, I can't remember who it was, and I didn't bother copying it. I'm not trying to put any on blast or anything like that. Um, but it was basically somebody saying, why in the fuck do people cheer for teams that aren't in their city? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it was kind of that critical tone that Twitter brings a lot. And, again, makes everyone defensive, and we all kind of hop in kind of thing. But, um I was, I just, again, I tried, I didn't engage in it, but I took note for the pod because I was like, again, fans trying to tell other fans how to fan. It just kind of pisses me off a little bit if people are being, again, harmless. Harmless, right? If someone's a Bruins fan outside of Boston, how are you affected or hurt or anything, right? I'm way up in Nova Scotia. Bruins fans. Lots of Bruins fans in Nova Scotia. Right? Our cities have a history because of the Halifax explosion and the Christmas tree thing we do. All of that stuff. So, kind of like, yeah, it's easy to be a Bruins fan here. Right? I don't have to live in Boston. Right? People can become fans from anywhere. Especially right now. Where you can watch... Any game, any team, any time you want. Even if you're sitting on the fucking bus. So, people are going to have different favorite teams, I think, from different areas a lot more now than they even did. And I mean, for the, the what's the worst way for a person to pick up their team? Fans choose teams for myriad reasons. The colors, the city, a certain player... Right? Some people follow, like LeBron. Uh, and I know, uh, I have a friend, I've mentioned it before, I had a buddy uh, who was a Gretzky fan. He just, wherever Gretzky was, that was his team. And it was like, all right, see, that's how he does that. And some people, if you're young enough when you pick your team, the mascot might work, right? That's why the Washington Commanders are never going to uh, get young fans, because it's like, oh, okay, I can be a commander. Yay! Um, but I, as I've mentioned, I'm a Washington, uh, formerly Redskins fan in Nova Scotia. And I get asked a lot, like constantly, anytime I'm talking to someone about football who I don't know, as soon as I mention it, it's like, what? How the fuck did that happen? And, you know, most people around here, uh, you know, they're simple, so they cheer for the Patriots. No, they cheer for the Patriots, so they're simple. No. Actually, no, it doesn't matter. Um, but the, the Patriots are the closest team. When I was growing up as a kid and, you know, you're I was like eight, nine years old, we got like one football game every Sunday. You got one football game Sunday, you got Monday night football. That was all we had access to. And every week, of course, regional, it's the fucking Patriots. I lived for the Patriots by weeks lived for it it's how i learned about bye weeks because they'd be like this game pops up and it's like whoa why aren't the patriots on and then you know you go to the newspaper and it's like oh shit they're not playing that's amazing so i got to watch somebody else most likely the fucking new york giants which isn't that much better than the patriots but nonetheless anyway point being my friends who have been patriots fans their whole lives that's why they became patriots fans because it was the team that they watched so it's the team that they knew so they cheered for them. Me, I revolted against them because it pissed me off. And because I would watch like game day and those things. And yet like there's so many teams, so many players. I live in Nova Scotia. I can pick whatever team I want. I mean, it's got to be an East Coast team because I want to watch the games. But, and I know this is hard for any kids to imagine a long time ago. Limited channels, limited access. It was, uh, it was very different. Um, but for me, I became a Washington fan. From watching game day. And one day on game day. I was watching it on this like tiny. Probably 18 inch screen. And they had this whole. Kind of little story about Joe Gibbs. Washington head coach at the time of course. And it was great. I can't remember what it was about. But the. The team had this really kind of fun aura around them. And they had this. Incredible group of wide receivers. 
And Joe Gibbs was just enthralling. Like, I was mesmerized by him. And then I find out the quarterback, Mark Rippon, is Canadian. I think it's Calgary, I think is where he's from. Um, so I'm just like, like, it was like, wow, okay, that happened. It was just, you know, Michael Corleone getting hit with the Thunderbolt, right? Except the commanders didn't blow up in a, uh, you know, car explosion that was meant for me. No! No, I believe So anyway, point being, let fans be fans. If they're being harmless, let them be fucking fans. All right, now for my check-in, I actually want to go back to episode 31 of The Baked Bear. That would have been mid-December, the 12th or 13th. Um, and I'm not going to play anything. It's not like a hot take. But I was having a look at uh, Pasternak and his stats and kind of the trajectory he was on, the pace for his points that he was on. Um, and at the time, the Bruins had played 26 games, uh, or past that at least, had played 26 games. He had, he had 16 goals at the time, tied for 6th in the league, 23 assists, tied for ninth, and he had 39 points, tied for 3rd in the league. 26 games, great. He was on a 50-goal pace. But the big deal I made was that he was on the 72-assist pace. His career previous high was 52 so that was a pretty big fucking deal to me. So that puts his point pace at that time at like 122. His previous career high in points last year, 113. A nine-point bump. That would be significant. So I wanted to kind of have another look at them. So uh, as of February 27th, Pasta is fourth in the league with uh, for points with 85 he is tied for third in the league for goals with 38. And he is tied for 10th in the league for assists with 47. So that puts him on pace for 52 goals, 64 assists, 116 points. That would actually be career highs in assists and in points. Um, but obviously the assist pace uh, kind of, I, I don't want to say fell off, but kind of came back a little to earth, let's say, uh, from the first kind of, third of the year i guess um so i just wanted to kind of check on that and see how but you know how past is doing believe it or not i still got more pasta coming knock it off okay i'm interviewing you no you said that i'd be conducting the interview when i walked in here now exactly how much pot did you smoke i gotta tell you i am a sucker for how you name your weed i love i love you know like the way people name strains if you name a strain after a baked good I'm going to be curious right away. Like, it's just, I'm, I'm in. Like, it's like birthday cake. Hmm. Let me try that. Baked Alaska? Yes, please. You know, I don't know. I like that. You put OG or the word Kush in any name. I'm usually drawn to it. Um, sour as well for some reason. That's a word that brings me in. But um, this week, uh, I went to the store to pick something up. And I was drawn in by this name. Uh, so I'm going to give a shout out to Highland Grow, which is a, a really great Nova Scotian uh, cannabis company. They grow great stuff. But anyway, uh, I was looking for a sativa and they had this one called Chemnesia. And I just had no hesitation. I was like, Chemnesia? Oh, yes, please. That just sounds fantastic. You know, and, and the names don't always, you know, work out. Sometimes the name is badass and the weed is, eh, it's fine. Right, but sometimes it goes the other way too. But uh, the Chemnesia was really great, really nice, uh, really nice strain, really nice high without uh, a big drop off too, which is nice. So uh, anyway, shout out Highland Grow Chemnesia. All right, now it's time for this week's high take. Mason Lowry has played his last game in Providence. Let him finish. With the injury to Lindholm, of course, he's still week to week. Uh, Lowry was called up. And he played all four games on this West Coast road trip. Three assists against Edmonton. And he was he was noticeable. Like, it really, again, was like, oh, he's better than he last time. Like, each time he's come up, you felt that he's just more of a professional, more NHL ready. Um, he actually got 23 minutes uh, plus in Edmonton, which was great. Um, 
over the next three games, his minutes went down to 21, then 17 and 17. I'm rounding, of course. Uh, you know, so number, you know, to me, I don't know why they would go down necessarily. I don't like what I see. I like now, you know, he's still a prospect. He's not perfect, but I'm questioning like based on what I've seen, you know, watching the, uh, what I've seen of these last few games, how much more is there left to learn in Providence for him? Right. This is a great time right now to play some important hockey and some important minutes, right? He needs some big boy reps. And when you consider the current state of our defensive core, not to mention our defensive play, couldn't we use uh, a guy who's pretty much NHL ready that can play defense? Oddly enough, he's slick and quick, like he's got some offensive punch, and it's all stuff we need, right? So I think Lowry is going to stick with the big Bs going forward, right? Like... I really want him to get some bigger minutes, you know, like in the Ford F-150 final five minutes of games, you know, when we're trying to defend a lead, leads that we keep giving up, you know. Boston was up 2 nothing against Vancouver, and Mason Lowry sat down. He was finished for the night. There was a little over eight minutes left, and by the time those eight minutes were done, that game was tied at two. Yes, now I know. Things wouldn't necessarily have gone differently if Lorai had been in the game. Hell, maybe they score three goals with Lorai in the game. I don't know. But Monty keeps rolling out the same guys, and we keep giving up all of these fucking leads when giving up goals when we're, you know, it's six on five play. It just keeps happening. So, you know, some Lorai in there. Mix things up, new energy, I don't know. Lorai can flip the ice a bit. Like, he can get the puck out of the fucking zone. You know, he's he's the opposite of Derek Forbert. I'm sorry, Derek, man, you're getting just, man. He's getting mean on Twitter towards him. Don't get mean, y'all. Remember, he's still Darla's daddy. We gotta be nice, still Darla's daddy. But uh, just get him the holy fuck off my team. From the high take, we go to my haiku. A baby Bruin. Buckeye emerges. Big bees. Toe drag time, bitches. I'm here. You got Q's. I got A's. Did you say you've got AIDS? No, I don't have AIDS. It's not what I said. Next question. All right, now I do have a couple of questions, both of which have kind of been uh, teed up throughout the rest of the show. Um, first of all, Steve McEachern, the guy whose fault it is that I'm about to talk about Jake DeBrusque again. Uh, Steve got at me, and Steve, and you know Steve, uh, at Steve J. Mac E on Twitter. He said, yo, Jay, is it time to trade DeBrusque? Love the guy, but he's due a big contract and has been very streaky. He'd fetch a big haul in a package deal. Thanks. Hashtag keep it baked. And I want to say thank you because I am stealing it. Now, I'm not sure Jake would bring in a big haul. In a package deal, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm wavering on him. And like, I was trying to save this. I was trying to wait a little bit more and give him another chance to kind of do something this year, I guess. So, um, anyway, people call him streaky. And I was like... All right, well, let's talk about streaky then. Like, like, what does streaky mean exactly? So I went and I checked and I said, you know what? I'm going to call anything more than two. So, you know, if you've got three games in a row with a goal, I'm going to call that a three game or a point. We're going to call that a point streak. If you've got three games or more without a point, we're going to call that a cold streak, I guess. So this season... Jake has had pointless streaks of three games three times. He's had a four-game pointless streak, a six-game pointless streak, and a nine-game pointless streak. And more than a couple of those could be connected to make like a seven out of eight pointless streak. Or, or like I think there is a 12 out of 13 pointless streak in there as well. Uh, you know, none of that sounds good. 
to be perfectly honest with you, to me, six games, nine games, that's not so much cold as it is solid fucking frozen, right? Like that, those are, that's tough. But Jake does have a six game point streak this year. Got to give him credit for that. And he has two three game point streaks. That's it. That's why I wanted to give him a little more time before I really got kind of into him a little bit, you know, really thinking about this uh, trade deadline coming up and he's still not signed. And is that streaky? Three, three game goal, pointless streaks, a four, a six, and a nine. And then on the other side, you've got a three game point streak twice and a six game point streak. That's not streaky as much as a guy who can score sometimes, but really doesn't score. Right, it's 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 a third liners stat sheet right there. Right, this is becoming my problem. But then I said, look, Jake has played more than one year, so let's go back to last year. And I had a peek, and actually, last year we might be able to call Jake kind of streaky. He had four three-game pointless streaks. You know, that's not bad. That's it. That's all the, like his worst pointless streak was three games. He had four, four game point streaks. That was far too complicated. Uh, Far too difficult for me. He also had a three game point streak and a six game point streak. I could live with that. Give me last year, Jake. I'll pay that guy six and a half million dollars, right? That guy could bring in, I think, something on the trade market. But can the guy with the nine-game pointless streak and the six-game pointless streak, not to mention the three- and four-game pointless streaks, bring in anything? I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to value him. And then I said, you know what? Let's go back another year. Because you kind of had two opposite seasons in the last two seasons for Jake. And I should point out as well, when he had those four-point like uh, point streaks and those things uh, last year, a lot of those were the opposite of what I said, where it was like 11 games or, you know, 11 games out of 12 with no points. This was the opposite. So he was going like eight out of nine with a point. He was going 11 out of 12 with a point. So it was kind of two polar opposite seasons so far. Now, of course, he has time this year to to catch up. So I guess I will have to do this one more time, assuming we don't trade him. If we trade him, I'm never doing this again. So I went back also to 21-22 because I had to have a third year. Couldn't do it with two years. And I, I'm i not sure who this, which side this supports. <laughs> I'm really not. So he had four point streaks of three games or more. He had a three game, a four game, and two five game streaks. All right. Those are, you know, I like seeing multiple five game point streaks. I like that. But then his pointless streaks... Two threes, two fours, a five, a six, and a seven. That's not that's not balanced streaking. Your streaking has to be balanced. It's got to be as much dick as it is balls, right? It's got to be balanced. And out of these last three years, I'm seeing one balanced year, and that was last year. I don't know. What to do with them? Don't fucking know. But I have more. I know you're welcome um, because as soon as you talk about DeBress being streaky uh, there's always a group of fans who come back and say what about pasta pasta streaky um is he let's look at pasta for a second oh I guess you know what I gave Steve shit for making me talk about DeBrusque, but now I get to talk about pasta too because of it, and it's good pasta stuff. You just wait. Uh, This year, uh, pasta has four four four-game point streaks, two five-game point streaks, a seven-game point streak, and a three-game point streak. He has exactly zero pointless streaks of more than two games. He has not gone more than two games without scoring a point. And more often than not, when he's scored a point, he's scored a point the next night too. That's not streaky. That's fucking awesome. Oh, it's one year. Oh, I know. So I went back to last year. Pasta had four three-game point streaks, two four-game point streaks, 
a five-game point streak, a six-game point streak, a nine-game point streak, a 10-game point streak, and an 11-game point streak. That's a lot of streaks. That That's nice. That's not streaking. Once again, that's not streaking. That's just being awesome. And you put all of those point streaks up against zero pointless streaks of more than two games. Two years in a row, he hasn't gone more than two games without then putting up a point. Get the fuck out of here. We're streaky. And even if we go back one more year, gotta be fair. And now this we might call streaky because Pasta had a four game points or a four game point streak immediately followed by a four game pointless streak immediately followed by a six game point streak. And then soon after a four game pointless streak, that's streaky, right? Four games on four games off, right? Six games on four games off. Like, he also had two eight-game point streaks that season, by the way, to balance out three pointless, uh, three four-point uh, pointless game streaks and one three-game pointless streak. He had two eight, two streaks of eight, uh, eight games in a row where he's got points. He had a six, a couple fours, and a three as well. Pasta is not streaky. Pasta is fucking awesome. Jake DeBrusque... I guess he's kind of streaky, but he's a little more streak than E at this point, I think. Um, so, yeah, Steve, I don't know. That did not answer your question, but that's a bunch of information for you. Um, uh, my guy Burge also got at me. You know him at Berg the goalie. I say it with the hard G in the Twitter so that people don't put a J in there. It's a soft G, y'all. Soft G. Uh, and Berg got at me and he said, alarms are sounding everywhere. We have our takes on fixing the team on the at Two Pad Stack podcast. Yes, you do, Berg. Uh, but we'd love to hear where you sit. So that's a, yeah, that is kind of the question of the day right now. Uh, I love how shameless Berg is. He just puts his pod in there. Let me do it, man. Let me be the one to say, Berg, Berg from the Two Pad Stack, right? Like, let me let me hype it up a bit, man. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> um, you know, people should you should listen, um, of course, to the two pad stack. They they've got hockey answers for you. Uh, me, my answer, like you guys are talking active, like trades and and let's bring in. No, uh, like for me, my answer is very passive. You don't do much right now. You don't do a lot at the trade deadline because you can't and I mean literally you can't fix this team right now right not not with the resources available it's not a video game like how are we going to bring in any big pieces that would actually fix our issues and overpriced rentals that you know overpriced deadline deal rentals definitely aren't going to fix anything now Sweeney can tinker you know, you get some depth for the dream playoff run that you never know if it's going to happen or not, right? But I don't want to see, it just shouldn't be any assets. No assets gone. None of the big prospects. None of our early draft picks. Wait for the offseason. It's kind of what I said. It's exactly what I said about Hannafin earlier. Wait for the offseason. That's when we can actually do some fixing. You want to fix things? It's going to happen in the offseason. Now, I also think you don't trade... Allmark. I think trading Allmark is giving up on the season in a bit. But, but, you know, pending, of course, if somebody comes in with some an offer you can't refuse, then you don't refuse it because you, you don't want your brains all over that contract right there. Now, I had to bring Jake DeBrusque back into this. Yeah, the episode where I wasn't going to talk about him, I've talked about him in every fucking segment. Um, anyway, um, I see DeBrusque a little outside of all of this. And... I, I'm doing it that way because I, I find it very hard to gauge what his trade value is. I laid out, you know, kind of the reasons why I, I have a hard time. You know, we talked about his frigid streaks, right? It's nice when he has his little point streaks, but his frigid cold streaks. Is somebody really giving up a lot for that, right? But at the same time, you put a guy like Jake on a line with somebody, you know, who plays center like McDavid, 
or another really great center. It doesn't just have to be, you know, the greatest hockey player in the world. Jake would be dealing for and signing, you know, because he would light the fuck up playing, I think, with somebody of that talent level. And I know everybody lights it up. I would light it up if I played with McDavid. I'd have 30 points easily by accident. No question. So Jake is getting more than that, right? Yeah, 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 he's getting more than that. So maybe that's, you know, where Jake is going to come in with where he gets dealt. But when I'm thinking about how do we fix this team, I I don't, I the Jake piece is like, is he going to be part of the fix going forward, right? Is he going to be a part of the team next year? Or is his contribution to the fixing actually you know, bringing in draft picks or, you know, a prospect, like maybe that's, you know, where Jake's value comes and where his, uh, help in the fixing comes. Cause the fixing is coming in the, uh, it's coming in the off season. So, you know, let's, uh, let's wait till we get there, I guess, for fixing no quick fixes y'all no quick fixes. I know a lot of fans are worried about Sweeney though. Like they're worried that he's like locked into this, you got to go for it every year kind of thing. He's so used to it and he doesn't want to do a rebuild and, and all that. But I don't know right now I'm trusting them right now. I'm choosing to trust them that they're not going to uh, bring in rentals and give stuff away. So let's hope not. Let's see some good asset management, baby. All right. Now to talk it out. I just wanted to talk a bit about overtime shootout losses and loser points. Um, I don't have a ton to say on it, but there were some interesting little storylines, you know, and and the way people try to paint some things. Obviously, many of us, if not all of us, uh, on Bruins Twitter have made fun of the Maple Leafs for um, a lack of regulation wins. And somehow the idea of the loser point has gotten worked into this because Leaf fans are bringing up all the, the, the loser points the Bruins are getting. And being like, you know, y'all were making fun of the Leafs earlier. Look at these fuckers. And I'm like, but that's not the same. We weren't talking about, we weren't making fun of the Maple Leafs for getting loser points. We were making fun of the Maple Leafs for being unable to win a game when you're actually playing hockey. Not having a lot of regulation wins is a big deal. Having a whole ton of loser points isn't. Now, it depends on why you're in overtime all the time, and that we will get to. So, I had a big problem with the Leafs fans trying to paint it that way. Again, you're taking... I'm sorry that your team doesn't win in you know regulation when actual hockey's being played as often as other teams. But they don't. The Leafs win in overtime, right? Of course they do course they do they score a ton austin matthews sneezes and he scores by accident fuck that guy like yeah and they've got tons of skill guys we've got pasta that's our skill guy they've got got no they don't have a pasta but they've got matthews they've got i don't need to say their names also i forgot them but you can't draw conclusions from overtime wins you can't draw conclusions from shootouts because they aren't hockey it's a fun way to figure out who gets this loser you know gets this extra point the loser point you both got who gets the extra one like it doesn't tell them anything about what 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 they're going to bring in the playoffs right if if they keep winning and needing to get their two points in overtime what's that going to mean for the playoffs doesn't seem like a good thing to me. The Bruins, on the other hand, still only have 12 regulation losses. Again, shootout. Now, this is the inverse, right? Or is it the reverse or the Marvel Universe? Anyway, the Bruins losing in overtime and shootouts doesn't matter. It matters that you didn't get that extra point. You know, if we got more of those extra points, you know, we'd be even further up in the standings. But the loser points mean you lost in overtime or a shootout and losing in overtime or a shootout is not a bad thing because it's meaningless fucking, it's a meaningless fucking game. It's two meaningless fucking games. 
back to back. It's not hockey. It will not be played in the playoffs. Winning like that doesn't mean a thing for what's coming up. The NHL playoffs are not guys, you know, just loafing around and going back to center to reset. No. The playoffs are going to be played in the trenches and three-on-three overtime and shootouts. That doesn't, you know, help you with that. So the Leafs have a lot of false points because they have a lot of overtime and shootout wins. So to me, I'm not worried about anything to do with loser points. I'll take my loser points. Uh, you know, we, we we tied the hockey game and then we lost the coin toss. So uh, it's less than a coin toss because we're not very good at it. So, you know, the times we do win, the the times we have got a point in uh, overtime or a shootout, which is twice, three times, we're not good at it. Uh, it has been nice, I have to say that though. Um, but the bigger thing and the, the thing that people should focus on a lot more of course is uh our issues with six on five like it's it's kind of gotten embarrassing but the Bruins actually aren't last in the league I think we have the second most tied with somebody else we have seven um and two other teams have eight I think I think Vegas is one of them and that is the kind of thing that you know giving up leads in the third period and being scored on regularly when playing six on five hockey, those are not good things to go into the playoffs with. So I'm not concerned about loser points. I'm concerned about those uh, giving up those leads. Like we got the point against Seattle because we tied it up. That's great. I mean, that is, I'll take that victory, but we gave up a lead before we did that. So it's, you know, kind of not here, not there. I don't know. So I, I, I guess Monty, like they're going to have to practice it. And that's kind of embarrassing as well, but it's got to be fixed. You cannot go into the playoffs with this problem. You will not win a playoff series, uh, giving up late leads. And that's for anyone who did not learn their lesson in last year's playoffs. Oh, fucking hell. All right. That's going to do for this episode of the baked bear. I've been Jay Pike. You can find me on Twitter at my underscore Bruins. The podcast itself at the Baked Bear Pod. You can email me, bakedbearpod at gmail.com. And don't be afraid to leave a rating and a review wherever you listen to your favorite pods. And the Baked Bear too. And remember, taters, keep it baked. Go bees. Four, four game, uh, four, four, okay. Four, I can't believe I'm still trying to say this.